Welcome to Out of Game, a podcast featuring unique segments and discussions about board games, card games, RPGs, gamers, and gamer culture. Please join your hosts, Ryan, Chris, and Tim, as they go out of game. Welcome to episode 51 of Out of Game. This is Ryan. This is Chris. This is Tim. And we are a podcast about board games. Aliens. So it's been a while. <laughs> aliens. Area 51, man. Ah. We are now a podcast about aliens. Did you guys see the Bob Lazar special? No. And uh, you can buy it on Amazon Prime. He's the whistleblower, the Area 51 whistleblower. Ah. Very interesting story. He claims to have worked on reverse engineering alien technology. He's a scientist. This guy is by far, it's the most interesting UFO story. I'll send you the link. Yeah, definitely. Post Thanks. it on the Guild. I'll post it. Yeah, the Facebook group. I'm going to have to give our buddy Chris J a call because he he, he likes looking into that kind of Does stuff. Does he? I didn't oh, know Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess that's my spawn point. Yeah, <laughs> nice swell <laughs> Uh Yeah, let's just continue the spawn point then. All right. Uh, not not much here. I was uh, we had our another uh, adventure for our our other campaign that I play in with my uh, brothers and friends. And uh, I, I don't know much some... about this campaign. What is this campaign? Uh, it's kind of your typical bad guy orc invasion. Oh, it's st- fantasy. Yeah, we okay. we started off as uh, peons. Uh, I was an innkeeper. And another guy was just kind of like a street marketer guy, and then uh, my other brother was a uh, a bar wench in the, in the end that I did and stuff. So our, our town got attacked by orcs and decimated, and we've kind of like coming along and becoming adventurers. So he's been giving out a lot of points because we're weak. So we're kind of you know growing into the hero role and stuff. Is so. Jim the GM? yeah okay. yeah? It's going to be kind of a poly GM campaign. Okay. So we're all going to kind of take over some spots, run a little adventure here, a little adventure there, and. The gym's kind of got the main story arc. So. Who's your favorite GM in your group? Um, in that group, it's okay. That's None tough. of them listen, so you can, yeah, no, you can be honest. Uh, well, so far, it'd probably be, probably be Tom. Okay, he's oh, he's kind of. yeah, you know, yeah. I don't think any of you guys know Tom. He's he's very good at kind of winging things and making the story interesting. Should have and, him come to game night. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to see if he can do that. Yeah, he doesn't. Uh, he's not a board gamer. Um, I would have to ask about that. Before his, the issue before was he worked uh, downtown, uh, so it was always just a pain in the butt to come. But now he doesn't work downtown. Gerps, right? And this is of course the best system ever. Gerps, right? <laughs> you betcha. I just lost interest. Yeah, well, it's the best system ever. <laughs> Hence, where uh, weirdness magnet came from. Gerps, true. Not D and D. I the disad system, the one where you your favorite disad. I think so, yeah. Yes. I love weirdness <laughs> magnet. So all that leads up to me doing some Hearst art stuff. I was building some roads. And okay. painting up some roads because we were doing a little town, uh, a little town invasion. So I, I set up a little town with all my currently built buildings, and I made a, a road to go down the center of the uh, thing. So that was all my fun painting work for this weekend. So my second favorite disad is one that uh, Ramus I had, Xenophilia. He, so that's you're curious about. That? He's very curious about strange like creatures or anything like abnormal. So my spawn point, uh, I think I mentioned that BGG Con is during my daughter's birthday this year. So I'm not going to BGG Con. Oh, I so figured you'd just take your daughter with and make her play. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, daughter. We're going to BGG Con this you, year. Look you at you. here and play a game. I'll be right back. Yeah. So me and Jason and Clifford are trying to figure out what we're doing instead. Uh, there's three options on the table now. So one option was... Um, going to PAX Unplugged in Philadelphia, which is in November, typically the week after BGG Con. Second option was like doing something like uh, SauceCon, but in Colorado, mm-hmm. uh, like up in the mountains. Jason lives in Colorado, so but it wouldn't be just us three. If we did that, we would actually invite more people to come to that. With edibles? Uh, <laughs> no, no edibles <laughs> that I know of. Uh, that is Colorado. Yeah, true. The third option is ShucksCon in Vancouver. Uh, shut up shucks. and sit down. Yeah, like all shucks. Yeah, S H U X. Okay. So shut up and sit down. As they're like very popular board game reviewers, and they have a convention in Vancouver that we're debating. So I might be doing some uh, some new things this year to talk about in the podcast. Interesting. I haven't figured out what we're doing yet, though. What month is that? ShucksCon is in October, um, 
and then PAX is in November, and the the other thing we could do whenever, but we'd probably do it in November. All right, I think we're done with the swan point, and we're moving on to our table talk. Table talk. This is the Out of Game Podcast, where two out of three of us are usually right. Find the right podcast for you at Dicetowernetwork.com. Did I even mention what the table talk is? We're doing listener questions. Listener's corner. We're really organized this <laughs> This episode. Mm-hmm. Oh this is going to require a lot of editing. <laughs> nah, just leave it in. It's all. It's all good. It's all good. Listeners corner. So this is an episode where we will take some listeners' questions and answer them. If we can. This is from Mike of May. I know the topic of how to start a gaming group has already been brought up, yada yada. I live in a rural area, and the closest town big enough to already support its own game group is more than an hour away. Can you discuss how somebody could start a game group where there aren't many people around who already know about games? And I'm trying to think about how to gather people using gateway games. P.S. I have to admit, I only gave your podcast a try because of one of your giveaways, but I liked what I heard. I may just have to make time to put you in the rotation. So it's all about evangelization. It's about getting into new gaming groups. This one is a good Brian question. So Ryan, what do you think? <laughs> so there are some tools online, like Gamer Finder tools. So, I mean, he, he is saying that there aren't a lot of people around, but maybe he just hasn't been exposed to the right tools to find people. So that'd be one suggestion. I actually did that when I moved to California. I went to Steve Jackson Games website and they had a Gamer Finder and I found a role-playing group at the time. I wasn't into board games. And I started role-playing with complete strangers who ended up being like some of my closer friends uh, out there. So, you know, there's things like Meetup or whatever. But I think the best way is just to find friends or people you work with or even just acquaintances and try to find out if they ever played or had any interest in board games whatsoever. Even like Monopoly or anything from the past. Because You just said the M word. I did. But if you grew up playing board games, you might be open to playing them. But if you grew up not liking board games, games and like don't even try with, the, with those people yeah, one suggestion too is whatever company you work at at your job go over to the it department true <laughs> and just ask around <laughs> yeah yeah that's a really good point actually find some nerds <laughs> there's, there's a good chance it's, that there's it's some nerds. usually where the good fishing is yeah and it, even if they don't know anything about board games there's certain personalities that it just clicks with. yeah they they tend to enjoy the strategy so right but I, I think you have a good plan of starting with some gateway games and trying to introduce more games just don't go too fast and don't uh don't push the issue too much. Well, I think being in the rural area yourself, too, you're going to have to take some of that drive upon yourself. You know, if the big city is an hour away and that's where you can find people, then you might be the one that needs to take the drive yeah. to get them interested. And then, you know, maybe every so often you have like a Saturday event and they all come out to you, by you. Yeah. And do the reverse drive, but you might want to. You might need to take on a lot of the driving to begin with. Yeah, I mean, I drive an hour and a half to Tim's house. That's for crazy. Is it really an hour and a half? Yes, dude, he's up near Wisconsin. I know it's, but that's it's a long drive. It, that's because of the trap. Because we're yeah. always playing after work. Okay, next question. Discuss bias when approaching a new game. As far as what factors in to make you more likely or less likely to be excited about a game, especially bias toward famous designers. I have zero bias when it comes to designers. I could care less. Who designed the game? I'm the same way. I just I mean, go by if I have fun or not. Yeah, it's just whether the game is good, it's got good components, it's fun to play. I could care less if, oh, hey, look. Uh. But what if you heard that, like, what's one of your favorite, like, Lords of Waterdeep. Like, the mm-hmm. creator of Lords of Waterdeep is coming out with a new game. Do you be more inclined to want to play that game and try it? No, nah, not really. Yeah. I mean, if it was like, okay, it's the same designer as Lords of Waterdeep, and it's a, you know, you're going to trade sheep and pigs and... Yeah. And just do something off the wall, you know, pick up delivery. So it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't affect me getting it all. I'll be like, okay, that's kind of a weird concept. Uh, I'm not in. So that was a trick question, and you answered correctly. Oh, I didn't know. That I, I already know that your answer is is no for that. Yeah. And the reason I know is because of magic and KeyForge. It's true. So that's an example. That Richard Garfield of, has zero effect on me. But, and it's not that you're against it. You're just not. You're not going to go for it just because of the design. No, I mean, if, if somebody brought Keyforge decks, I'd sit down and play it. Sure. But, uh, you know, as far it's not as... Biasing it's, you. it's not biasing me. I have, it doesn't matter. It's not, not there. I think you have a less bias than I do. I think my bias is very low, but I think yours is even lower. Because I don't care either. Like, I go more by... Honestly, I go a lot based on what Ryan thinks. Because he knows... He tends to know if I'm going to like a game or not. You know what's interesting about this question? I think a lot of people do have biases. Um, either because of what's written about the game, the designer, the game has cool components... <laughs> 
Rising that, Sun. <laughs> well, that that sucks me in too. The cool cool components kind of gets me, that gets me to like look at the game more than I normally would. But then if the game still sucks, the cool components like they're, they're not yeah, going to win me over. There's still the and I don't know if this is to this point of the question, but like the concept of walking out of a bad movie. You know, if you would walk out of a bad movie, or do you just like go down with the ship? I go down because with of the, the components. I do the go down. I do so when nice. it comes to that. I do go down with the ship. I don't pay for this movie. I'm watching it all the way through and gonna hate every moment i think the worst person in our gaming group is dave with that because he'll just walk out of a game if he, if he will be in the middle of a game and he, he just out yeah. if he if he's if he's bailing on even if it screws everybody up but i think some people do let their biases affect their choices so my biases affect which game they definitely do affect me because i you almost have to have them if you're the if you're the person like me who's doing research on games there has to be some way of filtering the games so i will yeah. look at designers that i know of produce good games in the past I'll, I'll have biases towards games that have been reviewed by reviewers that i trust so there there are different things that i do and and honestly artwork on the on the box i have bias towards that if the game is ugly on the box it's way less likely i'm gonna because if there's a thousand games why would you pick an ugly game you know nothing about versus a pretty game that you know nothing about right and i think some people to your point i don't think all biases are bad yeah. either like you know we we let biases affect us you know like if, if you're buying if you have a past history or experience with a certain designer or game and we do this in life in general i mean i i prefer hondas and acuras tim prefers samsung yeah ryan um ryan prefers asian women <laughs> <laughs> only one <laughs> <laughs> so we have biases right i mean it's not all bad yeah, that's funny. That's true, right. though. I, I see that the bias, you know, that's a, a good filter. But it's still not going to ultimately influence you. Just because Richard Garfield put on another game, that may make, get you to look at it, but you're not just going to buy it blind because Richard Garfield eh. made it. You might. You wouldn't. I definitely other people would. Other sure. people probably would. Okay, next question. This is an interesting one. So he wants to talk about board game cafes and whether they're just fads or integral parts of the future board game community. What is missing from them and what could be improved? And there's a second question here, but I'll stop there. So my answer to this question is I think that these are the future and that game stores are going out. So, I mean, I don't know necessarily that if it's that it's an integral part of our community. I don't I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I feel like most board gamers just want to play games with their friends at home. Mm hmm. Like I know people do go out to cafes and have their game nights there, but I don't. I don't know. It, I, it'd be hard for me to believe that that's where a majority of gaming is happening. Well, if you were new to a town, like you mentioned, moving to San Francisco, a board gaming cafe might be fun to go to because you can meet people and play games there. Yeah, if they had like network. a meet up there, I would. So here's what I would do, though, and this would probably work for me. I don't know if it would work for everyone else. I would go to the cafe and like meet friends there, and then I would convince them to play at my house instead. <laughs> That would be my agenda. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't yeah. want to keep going there. Because you have to pay. It's not a lobby. You have to pay money. You're not, like, as it's not as comfortable as being at home. Like, I don't see any reason not to play at home if someone has a house that yeah. can accommodate people. And and if it's, like, someone like me that where they've set up an area just for board gaming, yeah. you've got all the games there. You've got the nice table, the nice seats. You've got a fridge full of drinks. You've got food. I don't know. Why would you go somewhere else? The bathroom. Bathroom. Yeah. 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 It's important. So, but I do think as far as public places to play games, I would a thousand times rather go to a board game cafe, a good one, than a game store. Yeah, but you're going to a game store more to shop, though, right? Well, they they it depends on the store. A lot of the game stores do have places to play games, yeah. but it's not typically... I mean, I'm, there's some good ones out there, but for the most part, these are places where a lot of CCGers are playing. They're playing Magic. Yeah. And the ones that are trying really hard to make a nice environment, I, they don't. It's hard for them to, to last because a lot of the money comes from the CCGs. Yeah. So the cafe gives you additional sources of income with the food and everything. I think that's why it's more sustainable. Yeah, people are going to eat, right? So they probably make out by not having an entrance fee just to get people in there, and then they'll buy food and drink, and they'll make their money off of that, even off the entrance fee. Not being there. So, like, I went to Snakes and Lattes in uh, in Toronto, which was the first one of these, basically. And it was a $5 cover to use the library. You didn't have to pay it. If you wanted to play games, you had to pay $5. But they also had it, which I think was smart, was there was, like, no re-entry. So if you left, you left. It makes you want to stay there and buy food and just spend your whole day there buying their food because of the re-entry problem. So that makes I think sense. that was I think, smart. I think that's smart on their part, too, because, yeah, if... If you're offering 
wait, wait, the wait. Of these? When, when you leave, you, you can't go. What happens if you try to go back? You have to pay the entrance fee again. No. Oh, well, how much is that? It was five bucks. It's not that much. It's enough to deter people from doing yeah, it. Yeah, but if you're going to run down the street and get Subway versus just buying something there and eating it there, why why leave and buy Subway and then pay a $5 to get back in when you just buy something here and Plus, leave? there are people waiting to take your table. That's the other mm-hmm. problem. <laughs> you like lose your spot. I think that's, I think that's a, a good policy. Yeah, you know that you're you're setting it up there to give them an environment. If you're coming there to use the facilities, then you you should you know use all aspects of it. Don't just try to not buy food or drink there. The other thing I would add is this doesn't impact me because I don't drink, but I think offering alcohol is probably a smart move for these these cafes too. Probably, I think there's a lot of people that probably have a beer or something and play. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay, the second part of his question is, what makes a game a bluffing game, an area control game, and a party game? And what are the top games in each category? So the top games in each category is hard to do because we did our top 10 list a couple episodes ago, but we can talk about what makes a game a bluffing game. I really don't know a good example of a bluffing game outside of Magic, where you're pretending... Sheriff of Nottingham? It's more of a lying game. You're bluffing, right? You're trying to get through items without them catching you, getting through the items. You're trying to make it seem like you're above board and you're not above board yeah I'm, i guess i'm thinking more of like poker bluffing but i guess i see your point hey i got uh, four apples that's you're lying though you're you're directly isn't lying. that what bluffing is no bluffing is indicating that you have something that you don't or yeah lying. you have something better than what you have i guess mm, okay i only got uh four apples same thing i don't, I don't see the difference all right. all right i fail to see the difference fair enough ryan well, that's judge. the whole point you guys are trying to define it right now yeah that's yeah. the question well, so i can't think of any other ones that's a bluff no I, I see tim's point i i could come around on that i i don't know of any other good examples though where you're bluffing yeah well i mean it, comes down to it almost any of the trader games you're kind of bluffing that you're the trader i'm not the trader so to make a good bluffing game i think this has to be the primary mechanic yeah you wouldn't call it a bluffing game yeah so to me sheriff it's more of a social deduction game though well social deduction includes bluffing though it's like a component of social deduction so i played a game only if you're the trader though you're not bluffing if you're not the trader. true it's true nobody knows that i would say since you mentioned it i would say the Sheriff of Nottingham probably is the best bluffing game. Yeah, I think, I think it is. I yeah. can't think of any other, yeah. you know, that's... But then, so yes, about party games. And I think an example of a good party game is something that is better with more than four people than with less. It actually improves the game with more people. And it's obviously easy to learn. Easy yeah. to learn and it does not necessarily a gamer. You, this yeah. is something that you could go and pretty much grab anybody and play. And it's not yeah. something that's tuned to a very specific genre or anything like that. It's it's a generic overall thing that almost anybody would play. Yeah, but I think it's important that it's it's scalable higher. Yes. Like it, it's actually favorable to have more to people. To have more people. So I'm going to use a term that, that or a question that is asked by another podcast of the network, the Party Gamecast, featuring the Party Gamecast. And the question is, would you take it to a party? I think that is an, an important question. But that's not a good question. For example, you would you would take like Targi to a party. No, I would not. <laughs> or or maybe you would take um, uh, Caverna. No. So the point the point is that there's a lot of games that are classified party games, but then if you actually ask yourself, would I take this to a party? Like not a gamer party, like a party. Just a party. But yeah. I can, like a party I can of picture you people. bringing a heavy game to a party. Well, he, I, don't know he, if I'm I wrong. think he tried that before. Yeah, yeah. And I then, gave up on that a long okay. time ago. He ended up leaving him in the trunk. So no. in other words, would you bring a game to a party and have success with it? Yeah. So that's the question. Like, what defines a good party game? That's one question you should ask. Would you actually take it to a party? And have yeah. success with it. Yeah. Because some people would take a game and then regret it. Right, right. Because I, I remember I brought The Godfather to a family gathering once because yes. my family loves the movie. Yeah, but it's not a party. No. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. No. It, it was a fail. Yeah, I, I could see that being a fail. and Which is too bad. If, if um, a mixed audience likes the game, meaning non-gamers, then yeah, good party game. So what's the best party game? I would say Decrypto. Over Captain Sonar? That's not a party That's game. That's not a party game. Okay. I mean, gamers can practically play two games of that. How would non-gamers do it? Right. So yeah. I, I would love to play that at a party, but I don't think I what could get it. What about One Night Werewolf? Yo, yeah, that's, that's a good one. That's tough. I don't think that's a party game. Uh, werewolf? No. I think regular Werewolf has a better chance because it's simpler. Yeah, Werewolf but I, still, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see the multitude of people going, hey, that sounds cool. No, I played Werewolf no, but, with my aunts and uncles. And okay, okay. It but, actually worked. Here's, here's why I think it would work. If you are voted out 
Yeah. You're you're at like a party with people you know, so you can go do something else and you're fine. It's true. That's you true. You don't have to sit around doing nothing. So it solves that problem. Yeah. Speaking of werewolf, I reminds me, we we actually did this in South Carolina when we went down there with like six families and rented a house. Yeah. So uh, one of our friends suggested doing it. We're doing it with all the kids. All the kids played. Yeah. So at that time, that was true. Did you vote them all out right away? No, like no. You, we, you know, we actually went around and you know, we were randomly picking people to be werewolves. So of course, we were picking all the kids to uh, be the werewolf. My daughter was the werewolf, so she was probably six at the time. And I, stupid me, I, I start doing the whole, you know, are you uh, our normal test? Are you a werewolf? So I'm like, hey, Sam, are you a werewolf? She's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, she okay. She doesn't want to lie to her dad. I know, I know. So I was like, oh, I should never have asked her that. She's just such a sweet girl. So <laughs> yeah, I would, I would go with like maybe uh, Spyfall. Mm. That's kind of, you know, people could kind of get into that. That game um, is hit or miss, though. It is. It is. It's, it's a little hard. The thing that that game needs is they need a cheat sheet with a list of questions on it. You mean list that of would help. Newbie. Yeah, that would help. Oh. Yeah. Like a list of question examples to get people started. Because if you're brand new in that game, and let's say you're brand new and you get the spy on the first game, you have no idea what to do. Yeah. It's true. It's true. I don't know. I've had mixed results with Spyfall. The biggest problem with Spyfall is there's no accumulative, there's no accumulation of points. If you're playing trivial points thing, you got this point issue. I'm hung up on it because you you played the game once and there's. You don't have any skin in the game. You can like, lose, and then so what? I was the spy. I won. Nah. Yeah. I, Boom. Kudos. I like and I want to be able to, if I pick the spy, I want credit for it. Maybe you get a cupcake. No, I don't like cupcakes. I have a, a pie. A pie. I, I well, want maybe, a blueberry Maybe pie. a slice of pie. Slice of blueberry Not the whole pie. pie. With you get a, a slice of, of vanilla pie ice cream. Per win. Oh, you got two wins to get the ice cream. Okay. Well, I'll take that. You get one but treat ice cream per melt win. by the second win? No, because you'll leave it in the freezer. Okay. <laughs> by the way, back to Decrypto. <laughs> I don't think it meets the criteria that it has to be easy to learn. Like, I would no. assert that Decrypto is easier to learn than Spyfall. I, would I think disagree. more people would be confused. To your point that you just said, with Spyfall, how that game works, than Decrypto. You can pick Decrypto up pretty quickly. But the rules of Spyfall are dead simple. It's more That's th- true, but true. Decrypto, the, the mechanic of Decrypto is like a lot of TV game shows, especially that older people have watched, where you're... You know, you're trying to get people to guess a clue. Yeah. And yeah. and I think True. that's that lends itself to a diverse audience. I don't know. It's an interesting question. What about, what about area uh, control? What about words and pictures? You know, the your your favorite game. Code names. Code, Code names. names. Code name pictures. Both those games are dumb. Yeah, but still party kinda. You know, something, I think those are good parties. I guess I think those are good parties. I guess codename pictures I could play at a party, I guess. I had to. Dixit is another one I think is good. So I, I want to talk about area control because you asked about that. I mean, I know what an area control game is, but I struggle explaining it. Okay. So I'm going to let you do that. So I'm going to differentiate between area control and area majority. Ah, that's, these are that's two, where I was struggling. These are two things that are like the, I don't know what the word is, when you, they're interchangeable in a lot of people's vocabulary. Okay. But I do think there's a difference. Area majority is you can both be in an area, but it's whoever has the most people that has the majority. Area control is like you move in and everyone else has to get out, like risk. So Alien Frontiers would be which one? Majority. Majority. Because you can coexist in an area, but whoever has majority gets the advantage. Okay. All right. And then area control is you go in the area and whoever wins the battle gets control. Did I consider Alien Frontiers so like, an area control game? S- so maybe I'm wrong then. Yeah. Uh, well, majority. I don't know what the what. Um, so Clades would be control. Right. So only one of you is going to win the battle. Okay, that makes sense. But you're not. But you don't win the game by controlling the most area in Cyclades. It's true, right? It, it's well, true. it's weird because you name the game mechanic. It's just a mechanic in the game. Right. In both, in all the games we're talking about. Would you consider Cyclades an area control game? No. <laughs> you just said it was. I didn't know. I was saying that <laughs> the mechanic. I was the saying game. the mechanic of that is shows. Okay. That, but it's. <laughs> I would not consider Cyclades a. Yeah, I wouldn't either. But what would be an example? So I think it would have to be a game where Besides risk. you win by controlling the most area. That was that's how you would define an area control game. I was more talking about the me- the mechanic and the mechanism of area control versus area majority. So the control of areas have to be the primary objective. What about games where it looks like it's an area control game, but you actually lose if you go for more area? What's do you have any like Rising Sun? <laughs> 
I knew he was going there. I knew he was going there. You know, you're trying to control area, and then the guy who suicides wins. Yeah, I don't think that's an area control game. No, it's not an area control for sure. Well, what is an area control game? I don't think we've played a lot of area control games. I think Risk is the Besides best example. Risk. Yeah, uh, Access and Allies. Those types of games are like war games. I think are the primary mm. air control games. Oh, I got one. Okay. Wallenstein. Uh, yeah, Wallenstein. I couldn't think of the name of it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good example. Because you don't share countries yeah. and you do, I don't know if you win, but you have more points for the more area. Yeah, it's well, it's more about controlling the buildings in those areas. Yeah, the other examples I have are area majority. Are you sure they're different? Yeah. Because now I'm thinking that there is no area control game. <laughs> I mean, well, unless you talk about Risk. But Risk doesn't really count. Right, but there's other games that count. Like what? Games that you have not played. Oh, like? So, so I think... Well, how's uh, Twilight Imperium? Oh, I don't remember if you can coexist in that one. I haven't played it in so long. Yeah, I don't remember either. Yeah. Did we just lose our gamer cred? Did somebody guys, just stopped listening to the podcast. Yeah. We just lost a we listener. Just, the, the guy that plays area control <laughs> games go, oh my God, okay, we, give us some area control games. No. We I, need people to send us area control games. I think that it's we're, the same thing. Because uh-huh. otherwise there is no area Chris control Chris asserts that it's the same thing. Yeah. What do you guys think? Are they the same? And if they aren't, give us some area control games. Yes. We don't have a good answer Please. for this one. Yeah. And we don't want to use risk because someone will send us an email about how we copped out. And we'll have <laughs> to right. do a whole episode <laughs> on area control games. Oh. So we're not. Okay. So here's a question by a troublemaker. I would be interested in hearing you guys talk about how you would handle dealing with someone who's trying too hard to fit into the game group and usually just ends up creating awkward situations with his or her comments. Person isn't being obnoxious necessarily and probably doesn't realize how uncomfortable he or she's making the rest of the group feel. So how do you deal with the problem child in a gaming group? Oh, that's... So what's interesting to me is the first part about someone who's trying too hard to fit in. That seems a little judgmental, just in the question. uh, Yeah. I, I found myself wanting to interview this guy or girl, whoever submitted this, to find out more about their story. Like, <laughs> right. tell, tell me what happened. Yeah. Yeah, because it's kind of hard because, you know, if they're tr- trying hard to fit in, you think would be good, right? I'm going to, I'll play whatever because yeah. I don't want to put my, you know, force my games because I'm trying to join your group. I'm not sure where that crosses the line. And I wonder what this person is doing. Like what, define awkward. I mean, does the person just have a different sense of humor? Because I'm, I think I personally like having quirky people in in my groups yeah. of friends. So I would like embrace it. It just it makes me. Ryan look more normal. That's exactly. Why. It normalizes me. No. <laughs> but it, it really depends on what they're doing. Like if they're making like a, for example, you go really on one side, it, it could be like they're making women feel uncomfortable because of something they're doing. Right. Something like that. Mm-hmm. But if it's just like they have a weird sense of humor and they're kind of quirky, who cares? I, I don't know. I'm just, this is a weird. Well, I, I get the impression that whoever this is in this situation is doing something rude Maybe. And they don't realize it. So, well, no, because it says they're not being obnoxious. But it says that. And they don't realize how uncomfortable they're making it. But their the comments the are creating awkward situations. Yeah, I really want to know what those yeah, situations are. Uh, yeah, so I think my answer is the awkward are, it depends on the level of awkwardness and what type of awkwardness we're talking. Yeah. So I, that's I, not really an answer. It's, well, it's, know, hard, but it's, it's hard to answer. So you, almost, you, in other words, you need more information to give a yeah, good answer. Like if it's awkward, like the thing I said, where. Like if someone's making my my wife feel awkward because they're doing something strange or like right. making like weird comments, right? Then yeah. you need to address that. Yeah. But if they're like just making weird jokes that no one understands, like I don't know, just well, it's got to be something that's uncomfortable because he says creating awkward situations. Yeah, it's so, got to be with something that they're saying and just kind of. But that could be someone with bad, like a weird sense of humor, bad puns. It's whatever it is. It's toxic to their group. Or else they wouldn't be asking the question. Well, and the other side of that, though, is is this group a click? Because that's something that you need to avoid, right? Is Are you just with a set group of people? It's interesting that you're siding with the problem person in the story. Yeah. You seem sympathetic. Well, I'm very anti-click. And reading this question, not I'm not trying to be accusatory. Click. But it sounds very clickish. We have a group. Someone's trying too hard to fit into our group, and it's making us uncomfortable. Like, what should we do about it? That's how I read this question. Okay, interesting. interesting. So, uh, but I don't know if that's how the question was intended. I, I'm I'm taking it. See, actually, I think this is an interesting discussion. But I don't think Tim is qualified to comment because you get along with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody could run you over with their car as they're parking in your driveway, and you'll just get up and say, "Hey, I'm glad you made it." 
But yeah, I think that a situation where you might have two people, but they're oil and water, right? And they just don't mix. And that could be what this is. Or it's most of the people have a problem with one person. And I don't, I wouldn't say that it's a click as much as this person is, you know, kind of like almost like a Sheldon on Big Bang Theory, where they're they're saying things that are rude or awkward or uncomfortable and they don't know it, but everybody feels it. And so what do you do then? Well, I would say, you know, whoever is the closest to this person, I mean, obviously he got into the group somehow, right? So someone knows him enough that brought him to the group. Yeah. And you just, you have to have one of those honest conversations. You'd be like, look, and you know, maybe, maybe bring up specific examples. Like you said X, Y, Z, and it made people very uncomfortable. You know, can you avoid saying those kind of things? I Could mean, you do that? You almost have to be direct. You doing that. You almost, I mean, but I think that's the only way you're going to solve it, right? Of course. You know, if someone comes into your game group and they never used deodorant and it just reeks, you have to say something because otherwise they're not going to fix it. And it might be as harsh as being like, look, you know, you need to put something on before yeah. you come over because it's bad. So I think that the, maybe the issue I'm having with this question is the way it was worded where they're saying trying to fit in they're trying too hard to fit into the game group that's the phrase that's bothering me yeah if that phrase wasn't there then I maybe would be reading this question differently. But that feels very... So you feel like this person is being unfairly judged. Yeah. Like that's the reason for their whatever they're doing. Yeah, because they're trying to fit in, meaning they're they're trying to be part of the group, but this clique is not accepting them. Right. But if that isn't the case, um, and I hope it isn't, if the person... Actually, I hope it is, because then I can understand it better. Okay. I, have, I have a little more tolerance. In other words, if this person, this one person that's supposedly out of line is innocent, mm-hmm. then to me, that's a happier ending to the story than if, you know, this poor group is trying to play and this one poison pill is screwing them up. That right. makes me sad then because okay. I don't know how you fix it. Yeah. Well, you stop inviting the poison pill. Yeah. So do I would you, s- though? Do you really? Yeah. We've I don't think that. you're capable of that. We've had, we've had some role-playing groups yeah. where we've had people that weren't fitting in and doing stuff like that and we just stopped inviting them. We did that too. Well, I can picture you doing it. <laughs> in California. I don't know if I can picture Tim doing it. Like you you actually didn't invite them back? Yeah, it was like a group decision that this person was not fitting in. Oh, I know what you're talking about. And we just stopped inviting them. <laughs> I don't think you do because I don't think you know the person. We've done this too. Well, of course. Of course you've done that. No, you and I have done oh. this. You're forgetting. Yeah, but I didn't want to do that. Okay. I was being dragged along okay. by the majority. <laughs> Because I was friends with that guy. Yeah. I did this in California. That, that, that bothered me actually a lot. But it was the, the majority of people did not like one person in our group. And he was he was a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And so I had to give in or else the campaign would have stopped. Yeah. Nah, I was with you, actually. Yeah. I wasn't in the majority. But in that scenario, if it wasn't like the campaign and stuff like that, it was just board games and stuff, then I think it'd be on you to express concern to him saying, look, you know, you know, when you said that comment, that's, you know, reel it in, do this, you know, kind of give a little pointers to, to fix the uh and obviously if it's just that's just their personality and it's just it's oil and vinegar i don't think it would, it would have that, i mean it would, it would have to it, then you, you have to separate it i mean there's no other way yeah or you're gonna lose the whole group right well we would in our case we would have lost half the group yeah yeah <laughs> We had to go with the majority. I'm, I'm going to off the air. I want to hear Tim's story, though. Me too. Because I thought it was somebody and I'm, uh, I'm wrong and now I'm fascinated. Uh, uh. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen you give the boot to anybody and yeah. you have a very high tolerance for annoying people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that as a compliment. <laughs> oh, that's why we have such a big game group. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. That's why I'm there. <laughs> Okay, on to the next one. Okay, so, sorry. Kane 74. A topic I would like to hear is what is a fair amount of time for a player with AP versus non-AP players? I am prone to AP, but I get no enjoyment out of a game if I'm expected to take a split-second turn, unless it's something like Fuse. Just wondering if others feel this way, too. This question got me hot under the collar, so uh, I will wait and let you guys respond first. You're a big AP issue guy. Mm -hmm. So, I don't think anyone's expected split decision. If, if you've got a strategy game and you've got a guy with AP, I'm not expecting him to make it in 10, 15 seconds. I'm expecting him to take a reasonable amount of time. And, you know, maybe if, if, if you're prone to that, then maybe you guys just need to agree up front. Two minutes, whatever it is, you know, because if in general, you know, I'm taking 30 seconds, this player's taking 30 seconds, this player's taking a minute, we'll give you twice what the longest player's taken. You shouldn't need any more than that. If you're if you're playing more than that, then you're probably thinking a little bit way too much because 
it does annoy the other players. So, so you kind of indirectly gave my answer, which is to answer specifically this question: What is a fair amount of time? It's whatever the pace of the game is. Yeah, like the pace of the other players. Right. And maybe you can add a little bit if you're the AP person, but at some point, make a decision, even if it isn't optimal, and just keep the game moving because if the game is stopping every f- you know fourth turn, yeah, then it's it's kind of ruining the game for everyone. Yeah, if everybody takes. 30 seconds and you're taking 10 minutes yeah this just is just too much like why would i want to wait 10 minutes to take a 30 second turn right i mean yeah so your 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 perfect game is gonna basically cost the fun of the entire game because the other three players are gonna be like yep uh kind of done you know while you're taking your turn i'm gonna go play another game mm-hmm. and come back and those three players will check out so then you really might as well just quit the game so you know be reasonable yeah i i like your turn play at the pace and you know add some time when i play with ap games I invent multiple ways of killing myself while I wait. Try to use everything you can see in the room in a creative way. How best can I end this right now? With the most amount of pain, with the least amount of pain, with the most amount of visibility, with the least. You can come up with some creative solutions. Do but you I really believe, do that? Yeah. So, yeah. I've, so I remember in Gen Con. I thought you were being hyperbolic when you said this. No. You actually do. I actually do it. I remember at Gen Con, I was wondering if I could hang myself by the rafters. Is this the, 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 the Caverna game? Yeah, the Caverna game. <laughs> there, there were so many options on dying, <laughs> how, how, to, how to die, especially from like a height, if I was pushed off at a certain height. Um, you know, I was wondering if I could drown myself in the bathroom. Like, Ooh, and if I, I wanted to torture myself oh, you would. by getting a self-swirly in there, <laughs> followed by death. Because I want to see, is that more painful than what I'm going through right now in this game of Caverna? So when when, when does it cross that line for you? So say, say, on, say on average, everybody's taking a minute to take their turn. Where, where does that AP player start to drive you nuts? Once I can tell that he doesn't care about everybody else, and he cares more about the perfect turn, and he's fine with us waiting and staring at him while he's making his turn, then... I feel like their selfishness is too problematic. What happens if they're just struggling with the rules or something? Well, these are not a one-off. Then I'm not. I'm talking about an AP player. So you're you're talking that he's intentionally running through every single scenario. They're they're trying trying to make make the perfect move. move. Okay. Okay. And which you know a lot of these games are complex, and so you want to make the perfect move. But it's sort of like when you're walking in a crowded street or crowded area, and you stop to look at your phone, and you you stop in front of everybody, and you're causing like a, a walking traffic because you don't care about what you're doing and how it affects everybody else. There's like a lack of awareness. But without getting personal, I think some people are just wired to be AP players and it's not their fault. So my solution, and I think this is the only solution, is to have AP players only play with other AP players and or people who are moderate. Like you guys I would consider moderate. And then have the non-AP players segregated and only play AP Captain players. Sonar? No, you play with either non-AP players or, yeah. or moderates. I don't think you can mix the two. I don't think there's it's, a solution. It's to, possible because you're both on extreme yeah, ends of the spectrum. Speaking as one on the other side, there is no solution that makes it okay. Because if you start instituting time limits to his point, he doesn't want to play that way. It makes the game not fun. He, he would not agree with what you guys suggested. Yeah, but he's saying split second. So, I mean, we're, 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 allowing, we're allowing him time. But you can say it's a reasonable exaggerating. He, he, he doesn't want to be rushed. And I don't think you can put it. If you put a time limit on it, because you see it when well, you flip the timer. Yeah. And in, in, uh, 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 decrypto, yeah. it becomes annoying to people because it's like, oh, you're stressing me out. Yeah. And imagine, we don't really have a lot of AP players. Imagine how an AP player would react to you saying, okay, how about you take a minute for your turn and that's it. Now on paper, that sounds like a good solution. I'm being practical. I don't think you can do that because now I'm actually feeling sorry for the AP player. They're not going to have fun. I don't think you can mix the two. I think you got to take your moderates. They can play with either group. I feel sorry for you in the other group, but you can well, do no, that. I mean, if, if I was playing with with a person that had AP so bad that their turn was taking 20 minutes to mm-hmm. my three minutes, I, I, I couldn't deal with it either. I mean, it's just, it's it's too long. There's, you know, if it's taking us... Well, 20 minutes to three minutes is ridiculous. Yeah, I know, but, but you're, you're basically about... saying that the person doesn't care. He, he'll take as long as he needs. He or she. Well, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, but yeah, I mean, there's there's got to be a limit. I mean, there's got to be a limit because... So I'm going to use my salad bar You're going to lose it. So we have the salad bar at Zurich where I work, and it's a phenomenal salad bar, by the way. 
by the way. People trash the cafeteria all the time saying it's not good food. Their salad bar is all these fresh vegetables laid out. They do have cucumbers, by the way. And we worst, talked about those. vegetable ever. Anyway, you help yourself and, and then you weigh the salad when you pay for it. Yeah. But there's like a path. You can only be on one side of it. Sometimes you have a person, they'll sit there and look at all the things. They'll take their time and they'll say, oh, and they'll, they'll grab like one little cucumber slice and then they'll stare and th- they'll go so slow and the line starts backing up. Yeah. Yeah. There's a gap in front of them where there's no people and they don't, they just don't care. They're going to, they're going to make their salad perfect and they could care less about the rest of the people in line because it's their turn at the cucumber dish. The AP player is the same way in a game. There's this lack of awareness. They're not reading the room. I think it's by far the worst gaming habit that there is, is being an AP player. That's just me. No, I don't think that's just you. Well, but we've had other people. There's like, a reason it has a term. Didn't we have an episode where we talked about the worst gaming habits? I don't know. And like, that wasn't the worst. There were other habits that were worse. <laughs> I don't remember. Anyway, I do respect AP players in the sense that if they want to take time on their turn, they don't want to be rushed and it ruins the game. I don't want to ruin their game. I just don't think people with ADD should be playing with AP players. Yeah, it's a fair point. So I have nothing to add. I'm off my soapbox. Sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> All right. Next question. How about discussing a game with non-gamer family members? Also, should we embrace other people's cultures, religions, traditions, etc., and incorporate it into more games? Okay. I wasn't sure where that was going until the very end of the question. Yeah. So we've discussed games with non-gamer family members a lot. Yeah. Author Abu Abu Amza. Yeah. The way. We, we've talked about gateway games and Settlers of Catan and uh, Century Golem Edition, some of the other gateways. I think that's probably the best way to game with non-gamer family members. One yeah. thing to add, I find that it's sometimes harder to get your family to play games than your friends because your family has no qualms of just saying, no, nah, I'm not doing that. It's true. You know, your friends are like more forgiving. That's like, my... Give me an example. That's an interesting statement. Well, like you like you had trouble getting your family to play Godfather. But, oh, if, that's, yeah. but if you're like with a group of friends in that similar situation, you might have been able gamer to Gamer friends. Play. No, not we're talking non-gamers. I'm saying non-gamer friends. Like your non-gamer, I feel like your friends are more likely to like yeah, give I something think to try you're onto something, family. but that's a deeper topic. Yeah. About family dynamics and how when you're friends with people, you both sort of have to feed the friendship. Right. Because you're getting something. But with family, you don't have to. Yeah, you've got enough other stuff. You're stuck with each other by default. And so nobody makes an effort. (laughs) And then the whole thing unravels. That's a deeper discussion. (laughs) (laughs) But I actually think the second question, well, the answer to the question is yes. You do think it's yes. So you should incorporate. Should we uh, embrace other people's cultures? No, I mean incorporating games. Why not? I, I think it would make for more interesting games. Games. Like, give me, give me an example of incorporating. Well, I mean, you say it's cultures, religions, traditions. That gives you like a whole plethora of things you can build a game off of, like okay. different themes. So I don't see why you wouldn't. I, I don't understand why this is a question. Well, I agree with that. I, I, I think leave it at cultures because cultures adds a lot of variety and you know just differences from what you're normally used to you you start talking about religion that just goes down a hole that you can never talk about so i think the idea of a culture and kind of exposing cultural things in a game is is a great idea we already do that though to some degree yeah I agree, but I think, yeah, he's point of, you know, expanding on that. I, I don't see Like, what's an example that. of introducing more culture into a game than we already do? Like, for example, Rising Sun is immersive in the Japanese tradition. Yeah, so kind of... But we're know. already kind of doing that. Like, yeah, what, to some degree, yeah. Well, that's the, the interesting thing about this question is what point of view is this person even asking this question from when he says other people's cultures? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I have to assume maybe it, it's more probably an American asking... I don't think so. You don't think this is an American? No. So, I mean, like, from what point of view is the question I think being it's, asked it's probably somebody that w- that wishes his or beliefs her. or his or her beliefs were more incorporated into a game. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you could have just said it. Yeah, I don't know. So, I think the answer is... I mean, we, have we, are, we already are. Five tribes. Five tribes. I mean, there's a million games about sure. other cultures. All right. Well, let's move on to the yeah. next. It's going to be our last question. How about a discussion topic regarding kids and games and how to play with kids in other words how hard do you try to win so like i think we have uh, two different opinions between ryan and tim i picture ryan ryan tries to win like he'll he'll take evan on one-on-one and try to pummel him in the game like he's trying to win whereas tim is gonna try to let his kids win a little bit and have fun and sort of get them interested in the game am i right no. Oh. So I don't so I don't let my kids win. Oh, exactly. But what I do is I take it easy on them 
while I'm playing. So I don't try What's to the pummel difference? them. The, you said I try to pummel them. Okay. I would never yeah. do that. So a good example is the other night we played. I told you. Didn't um, you say you stacked the deck in Candyland, though? Yeah, I stacked the deck to make the game end faster. That's just oh. so the game ends faster. I put all the candy in the front, and I make sure the last candy on the board is the last candy in the pile. Yeah, so they they go and crank. So you're not going to get the ice cream cone, and then have to go back to the pepper. Yeah. Like because oh, it's fun. worst okay. ever. So I think what I do when I play with my kids, first of all, a lot of the games I play like Fireball Island. Yeah, it's a crapshoot who's going to win. It really is. <laughs> the it, kids it kind are, of is. are as likely to win as you are. Uh, but like that game, Three Little Pigs, I was talking about. There's a little bit more strategy to what you do when you roll the dice. But like for example. If I had the option of, so I Evan rolled the wolf. And then when you roll the wolf, the wolf has a chance of blowing your house down. So the other player gets to choose which house to try to blow down. Mm. So you have these houses in front of you. And I would pick the one that he would lose the least stuff because I don't want him to like hate the game. Yeah, right. So I'll do stuff like that. But then I'll... The I, other, I pictured you blowing down his main house. No. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm glad about that. The other thing that I do is use the game to teach them the strategy. Like on my turn, I'll, I'll try to teach him why I'm making the decisions I yeah. am. And then I'll try to help him with his decisions. So like, oh, well, if you do this other thing, that would actually be better for you than if you do the thing you're going to choose. But it's your choice, you know. But I, I try to explain so they can learn the strategy. So I think... And I think that's... If you're going to get your kids into games, you have to start teaching them strategy. I, I feel like that's important. Yeah, yeah. As far as that's a good answer. How to play with kids. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Because even in the example of Fireball Island, when you're going and picking up the tokens, you know, you want to get tokens of the same type because it makes right. it worth more. So when they would step on a square that had like a choice of two or three, look at their pile, and then, you know, they just grab one. And be like, right. no, no, look, you've got three of these. Grab this one. They, they grab their four. favorite color. Right, exactly. <laughs> but if they grab their favorite color, they're always grabbing their favorite color. Right, so true. it's better. Yeah. But there it's just like they just kind of grabbed randomly. It's like, well, no, you should take this one because of this and try to show yeah. them that. And then... And if they have to give you one, I'll say, you know, you should really give me that one. Yeah, exactly. It won't hurt your Exactly. Points. But yeah, but then I'm not going to lay it down either. If it works out that I end up winning, then yeah. that's how it is. They, they have to learn how to lose, too. You can't let them win all the time because then when they lose, yeah. it's bad. That's actually a problem I'm dealing with with Evan right now. And, you know, and we've had a problem with, with Sam and Jeremy is, you know, one would get excited because they won. The other would be like sad because they lost. And we say, look, you, you can't win every one. You know, somebody's going to lose. Somebody's going to win. You tell them good game. And, you know, we, we play it, another one and you might win that one. But if somebody's in a losing streak, and I don't know if that's what's happening, Evan, you need to, I, I would assert that you need to let him win. Uh, otherwise, he'll, he's going to think that that's all that happens. Yeah. And he needs to taste both. I think we play enough different games that there's so many games that we play where anyone could win. Yeah. So that, that almost never happens that there's like a losing streak. But there might be a specific game that they have a losing streak in. Yeah. And so far with Fireball Island, it's been pretty even. The kids have won just as much as Jess or I. So, I mean, they're they're winning all the time because my daughter goes straight for the heart every game. <laughs> and, you know, we usually she's usually headed on the way there, so we kind of ignore it. And, you know, if we get a chance to steal it, we steal it. We actually had one game that like, changed hands like four times. Um, but then, you know, my son goes off and does his thing, collects up his photographs and stuff. So they both have their kind of strategies and stuff and there's plenty of times that they end up winning and you know we don't know because we're at the end and we start counting up and go oh my god you know with the tokens he grabbed and the the photo stops he got you know and he got on the helicopter you know he ends up winning yeah so it's it's kind of cool and then they get super excited because they won my daughter actually beats me in games my four-year-old daughter some of the games that we play yeah i think it's good to let them taste what it's like to win yeah. but not let them win all the time yeah no they, they need to learn how to lose as well because sure. if they always win and what we've had to put down too is like when one of them wins they're like oh yeah in your face you lose you suck <laughs> none of that yeah. we kill it anyways like look look you need to be a graceful winner yeah and you need to be a graceful loser yeah so and actually it's been helping with hockey too because it's the same thing yeah. you know when something like this happens you tell the other players good game and it doesn't matter if you won or lost you know you're gonna be on both sides of the equation so you need to be good on both sides. I played game board hockey once. Played what? I was in a game, game board game hockey. Game board or like, you know, slider yeah, hockey. Yeah, the sliding things. Oh, man. Yeah, we had one of those when I was young. That was, that was, that was we cool. used to get those all the time yeah. from my godfather used to give them to us. Yeah. And then I played in tournaments with, with that. What? Yeah. yeah. Tournaments. Are you yeah. talking bubble hockey? No, like with the little rods and you just, they spin them. Yeah, there was yeah. no bubble. This was like at home version. Okay. It was like, you know, flat. But like if you go to like an arcade, it's yeah, like it's got bubble. the bubble. Yeah. It's bubble hockey. Yeah. This is like the big professional arcade version. Yeah. This was like, this is the homebrew style, you know. Yeah. I had those too. Love that game. Yeah, yeah. Had the little plastic guys. 
You fling them real hard, and they come flying oh, off the post. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about Little Sticks? No. All right. We're going to end this show with Little Sticks. Little okay. Sticks. Little Sticks. So when I was a kid, like junior high, I, I played hockey. I played like travel hockey, and there's this group of friends that I had. And we just did, we played hockey together, we traveled together, and like all week we like, we're always hanging out, right? So we made this game called Little Sticks. So have you ever seen those little souvenir oh, yeah. plastic hockey sticks? Oh, yeah. So we would take those, and we would go in my basement, and I would take all the cushions off the couch and make an arena in the basement. So you'd line like one side with cushions, the other side with cushions, and then you take two chairs, you put them back to back like about the width of a goal, put a blanket over it to make a goal. So imagine two chairs back to back with a blanket over it and a blanket behind it. And then there is a TV set up in the corner and I took my video camera and, and put it a goalie cam in the net in in the in the net and had it broadcasting live and recording. And then we would get on our knees with those little sticks and a and a, like a like a it was like a Nerf soccer ball, and we would play like full contact. Those sticks are really small, though. Yeah, that's why it's called little sticks. So we would be on our knees playing full contact hockey in my basement. How old were you? I was in this? like I was like twelve. God, that's bigger than I thought. Yeah, so in, in like we were getting fights. We, Who's we? Like who did you? It's play like this me game? and my hockey team. Like the the my travel hockey team. Oh my god! I mean, I had I had hours and hours of do you video. Still have some of it? I do have some of it. And what's funny is is um like I had all this video footage of us playing Little Six, and then I had another group of friends where we started making home movies. So we recorded over the top of Little Sticks. Oh. But then in between like scenes, there'd be like a scene of Little Sticks for a second. And then it would like go to another scene of the movie. So I have all I still have all these tapes. I mean, it's like crazy stuff. Yeah, I mean, like we had fist fights. It was it was crazy. Wow. Little sticks. Wow. One of the best games. I, I should like design. Twelve year old Johnny Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Good night. Visit us on our website at outofgamepodcast.com. Join our BGG Guild 1990. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Stitcher at OOG Podcast. Send us an email at outofgamepodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at 40OOG80. For great games and amazing prices, shop at coolstuffinc.com. For more great podcasts of the Dice Tower Network, Go to DiceTowerNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. Good night. Ed finally said, I'll just make a fake Facebook account. I'm like, that's fine. Make up Joe Schlong and just, you know, who cares? You log in and join the group and who cares? There is motion at my backyard. I don't think anything costs money in Canada. That's true. <laughs> that's just us, Bonnie. She knows all about it. She lives there. Mm. It's all free. Right, Bonnie? I've heard it's a landmark for pilots. Oh, it probably is. Uh, Makes sense. A yeah. little tidbit about my where I live. Unless they're over the clouds. True. Then they can't see it. Also true. So if there was a battle and they were flying over the clouds, <laughs> it'd be a problem. They can't see the round lake. True. True. All true. It's kind of something that would happen to people who don't know how to plan well. No. We should probably like ask. the Khaleesi. Swan so Point uh, has come to a close. And we never actually started it. We never started it, and now it's, it's over. Sure. <laughs>